<laughs> you know, Bezos, if if you want to pay us, uh, we're we're sponsoring your <laughs> movie right now. You know, this yeah. might be all the talk that it gets. Look, and um, I'll change my opinion. I'm not above it. Oh, are you? I'm just, <laughs> you're burying the lead, my friend. You already going to say what Samar- you think about the movie? No, but I'm just a Samaritan. I'm not good or bad, so I can be good or uh-huh. bad depending on how fat your uh, your checks are. You know what I'm saying? No one cashes checks, though, so just hit me up on Venmo. What is up, Real Critics? It's Jose Garcia Chow here, as always, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic, where John Wolf and I take a look at movies that have a difference of 20% between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll give you our thoughts about the movie, we'll break down some of the critic and audience reviews, and we'll wrap it all up with the overall real ranking. But remember, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. So let's get into it. John, my friend, my homie, my brother, my co-host, how you doing today? I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm not I'm I'm not doing so great. Um, oh no. I don't know, man. I just I'm not I'm not I'm not I don't know if I'm feeling I mean it's a it's kind of a sad sad day for me when when this episode releases, I guess it just kinda it means the it's the end, the official end of hot blockbuster summer, man. Oh no, I know, man. I mean, it's it's the end of it's been a great time, man. But it's the end of the the Michael Bay explosions. It's the end of the bad one liners after throwing a knife that's faster than a speeding bullet. The end of misogyny. The <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, probably. probably. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not on that one. <laughs> Probably not. But but perhaps the most brutal of all endings is uh, it's the end of Big Beefy Boys, man. Um, I know. I think maybe we should just have a, a moment of, of silence right now for Hot Blockbuster Summer. All right. No longer I thy explosions big, our talketh mustard cheese. And our boys be made of beef. And for that we say, Amen. Amen. Like, ah, big beefy bro men. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Ah, dot, 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 men. All right, man. Well, (laughs) hey, you know what? Let's let's make this more of a celebration of life, man, instead of a funeral. Because that's what a hot blockbuster summer would want. They'd want a celebration of life. So let's give it the send off it deserves by giving more airtime to one of the hottest actors on the market. Uh, some are calling him, and by some, I mean me, maybe the Tom Brady of action movies, uh, maybe more so on the plastic surgery side than the performance side. Someone who transcends decades of summer movie favorites. That's right, decades. Ask your great-grandpa, ask your grandpa, ask your mom or dad. In the middle of another career renaissance, this person, a two-time everyone's a real critic subject, Mr. Sly himself. That's right. Ooh. We're talking Sylvester Stallone's latest blockbuster hit 
out now on Prime Video. It has a 38% critic review and a 78% audience review. We're talking Samaritan. But before you take me down to the city of Granite City, where the hammers run hot and the ice creams eaties, won't you please take me down to our favorite segment, where we pitch to the people movies and TV shows that are really good or really bad in our favorite segment, What You Watching? Woo! All right, John. So let's get you started on this guy. Uh, why don't you tell us what you're watching? You want me to go first? Yeah, I think you should go first. I mean, oh, I could go first, but you know that I like my guy. I'll go first. How about that? Huh? So I'm trying to bring the energy uh, because I feel like, you know, you ever when you go to a party or what, what time do you usually arrive? Are you early on time? Late, fashionably late, super late. What, I'm an early guy. guy. You're an early guy? I'm an early guy. Like, if you tell me party starts at 7.30, I'll probably show up at 7.30. Okay. But, like, so everybody else needs to show up around 9, you know? Yeah. You always come on time. That's what I've heard. So, I'm also <laughs> someone that I also, you know, uh, come early to parties also. Um that's always, you know, it's because like someone, I'm, I'm respectful of time. If someone says party starts at 730, I want to make sure I get there 720, you know, feel out the ambiance, bring the snacks that I probably prepared, whether or not they're welcome. Um, you know, it sometimes gets a little awkward because people don't show up till 9, 730 start. So it's just me and the other person sitting there for a while. And sometimes I don't bring the energy. I can't always be a party person, you know, but in this case, of course, in this party, scenario i am very late to the party i heard its praise from afar but some reason i never really just dove into it i think maybe it was one of those that from afar the premise really never sucked me in and i just i don't know same thing with game of thrones i came late to that party as well um also twilight another another party i came late to and boy was (laughs) that a fun one same here Uh, succession have you heard of it Have you yeah, heard of this show? Succession? Uh, <laughs> you ever heard of this? You did. I talked about Succession actually on the Kingsman episode. You um, did. You did. I, I was obsessed with this show. But tell me how you're feeling about it. I know you love cu- Cousin Greg. Cousin Greg's my guy. If you follow me on Twitter at John B. Wolf, uh, you can see a buttload of Cousin Greg tweets. And by a buttload, I think there's two. But still. <laughs> That's a lot coming from John B. Wolf. That is me. Um, you know, if I could be anyone, it would definitely be Cousin Greg. I'm only into season three, I want to say. Yeah, season three. Uh, so no spoilies, please, for anyone else that's on this call with us, uh, which is no one. It certainly, uh, I think, doesn't get enough hype. I think HBO should be pumping up this show, Game of Thrones level, uh, because this might be a hot take. 
but I really think I know there's a lot of parallels between Succession and Game of Thrones just around the the concept of patriarchal well, the, the roy yeah the roy yeah. children are all fighting for the throne, for the throne. That, logan right. throw, that logan and, roy does not want to get rid of right uh, and there's a lot of just people around jesters kind of people trying uh-huh. to work their own angles things like that i think that the writing on this show and the character development and the pace of succession is much better than game of thrones and i'm sure i'll take yeah, some heat for that which is fine, I but I think you. I think that it is it's interesting because at face value you would think it's a bunch of un, like just unrelatable people, right? Mega rich, billions and billions of dollars, and so when you're looking at that from the outside, you're just kind of like, can I really relate? But I think the way the show is written and the way the characters are developed throughout the show, I think they're a lot more relatable than you think. They, they kind of uh-huh. break them down to a core person. And, and, you know, it's just everyone sort of felt some of the issues that they go through in some capacity, right? Belonging, overcoming failure, finding your way in the world, familial, like family problems, aging parents. So mm-hmm. I think everyone listening is probably like, dang, what took this dude so long? I'm sorry, man. But uh, dude, I'm I tried to now. get you to watch this months ago. It's so good. I'm it's all so in good. it. You know what? You know what I'm I like putting... the most about it is the way that it shows these people that are coming from a place of opulence and yeah. the irony that they're also trapped within that, you know? Yeah. Uh, like the, all of the Roy children feel totally helpless and trapped in their family. You know what I mean? And they're all kind of vying to uh, get some semblance of like validity both from their parents and from the outside world. And I think that's incredible. And Tom Wamsgans and, and cousin Greg, yeah. are just, they public service team. announcement. If, if anyone out there is listening and uh, they want to be the Tom Wamsgans to my cousin, Greg, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just hit me up. I, they I want, come early. You just want somebody to like, just take you under their wing and 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 treat you like a piece of meat at the workplace. Yeah, I'll be your human. Yeah, I'll be your human that. footstool. Yeah, I don't care because uh-huh. I know that I'll uh-huh. rise through the ranks and I'll hide those papers. And I'll make you look silly. <laughs> yeah, dumb dumb. You know what's crazy to think about too is that I'm sure that it, it, watching Succession has changed the way that I view um, like the Murdoch family and all these like big, you know, the Vanderbilts, the uh, the Hearst, like all these mega families, I just imagine that like in behind closed doors, they're all a bunch of fucking idiots. You know, they're definitely not. Uh, I mean, to be I at mean, that level kind of and sustain are. at that level, you can't be an it's idiot. It's nepotism, though. At this point, it's nepotism. Well, you know, so but... there, there's definitely nepotism. And I think in the case of succession and probably a lot in real life, if it, if it was just nepotism and idiocy then it would fail but there are at least people around uh that know what they're doing and and sometimes in the case of this kind of stuff right like your parent or you grow up in this environment and that's all it's about you're gonna soak it up whether you know it or not and so i think yeah like look at the kardashians you know like the kardashians are a bunch of nepo babies that have created their own it just comes innate Right. Uh-huh. It just becomes innate, yeah. I think, just at that point. And that. You just live and breathe it. So, 
Um, just wild. Uh, it's crazy. But okay, so you've been watching Succession. Fantastic show. Mm-hmm. You've been watching anything else, John? I only have two really good shows right now. Um, I can't. Okay. I can't think of a a really bad one I've been watching. But the another show I started it it was released last week. Uh, it's called The Patient on Hulu. Um, I, I haven't heard of it. it on. You haven't? I turned it on no. uh, because I enjoy Steve Carell, who's in it, and uh, Donald Gleason, who's also in it. Uh, Is that the son or the older guy? Who? Oh, Brendan Gleason is the older guy. Okay. Sure. Right? He's the dude from Harry Potter. Okay. So, yeah, another Nepo baby. Gotcha. So, there are, uh, <laughs> there's only two episodes out right now. The premise of the show, and it doesn't really spoil anything. The, pres- the premise is a therapist who's Steve Carell is treating a serial killer, uh, who's Damo Gleason. It's interesting. Um, but I'm a little worried that the show, uh, I don't know. I I'm calling it really good now because I'm just sort of feeling out where it goes. Uh, a little worried that the show won't be able to give the audience the payoff we're sort of looking for because the episodes so far are only 20 minutes. So they happen really quick. And it seems that a show yeah. like this, where you're sort of very, uh, it's very intimate therapist, uh, patient, obviously. Um, and I'm sure that the patient is sort of a double entendre here for what's going on in the show, but you kind of need a little bit more time to figure out the intentions and the character building and storytelling of the episodes. It feels like it goes really quick, right? Because you're trying to figure out what's happening. And by the time you sort of think you figure it out, the episode's over. So I'm not sure if it's a, a choice by the director or just a budget constraint because it's, pretty expensive to have some of those actors at at a certain point so if the season only ends up being around 10 episodes 20 minutes a piece i think i'll probably walk away feeling like it should have just been a movie but i'm gonna stick with i'm gonna stick with it for now and uh maybe i'll tweet about my thoughts maybe i'll take a twitter break from cousin greg and tweet about this too (laughs) you should you should uh you got to get that engagement up you know john but, you know, it's funny that you say that because one of my uh, shows on my watch a watch on list this week is also 20 minutes, like 20 minute long episodes. But the character building is so rich in that 20 minutes that it, it, it's just incredible. Uh, I'm talking about Fleabag on uh, Amazon Prime. And just like you, I'm late to the party on this uh, because both seasons are out. The show is has concluded. But I devoured uh, both both seasons. Yeah, it's so good, dude. It is probably one of the most well-written comedy shows I've ever watched. I, and and I mean that entirely. The way that Phoebe Waller-Bridge manages to squeeze uh, all this character into the show and all the characters feel so fleshed out and rich. And, and the way that she breaks the fourth wall is truly incredible to me because it never feels cliche it never feels like shoehorned in like she hulk does you know like when she hulk breaks the fourth wall you're like that wasn't necessary but when phoebe waller bridge does it it's like it's just uh it's a great technique for you to further understand the character you know like it's 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 bringing us more it's making us feel more intimate with the Fleabag character, and it's just so good. It's hilarious. 
It's sad. And each episode, like I said, is only about 20 minutes long. And I think that the season two finale is like a masterclass in ending a series because uh, not to get into any spoilers, but, you know, like life continues. Life isn't uh, a, a, a full, fully fleshed out arc with a story circle and, a, and like a ribbon tied at the end. It, and it feels so slice of life that like the show ends and you're and you're you're satisfied that like Fleabag's journey will continue. But like this piece, what she was going through in her life has concluded. And and it, it, the way she breaks the fourth wall to end the series, I think, is just so good. And it's so fucking witty. I, I loved it. I loved it. The dialogue is charming. It's so well done. And uh, that kind of brings me into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is um, I have never watched When Harry Met Sally before. Have you ever seen this movie? I have, yes. It's fucking it, it's charming. It's the one where you know. Harry, and, Harry and Sally meet, right? They meet multiple times, like three times right, or right. something every right. few years. And I, I mean, I'd never seen it, but it's a tight 90 and I sat through the whole fucking thing with a smile on my face, like a dumb smile. I was so charmed. And um, I think this is a, something that like all three of my Whatcha Watchins this week kind of meet. They're all so charming and, and just kind of fun, you know. My third one is Paper Girls on uh, Amazon Prime. These are all, I think, on Amazon Prime, too, which I wasn't on purpose. Maybe when Harry Met Sally was on Netflix. I don't quite remember. Shout out Bezos. Appreciate it. You pocketing like 20? Shout right out there? Bezos. Yeah. What'd you say? Did you pocket like 20 bucks right there? Did he pay you to just watch Amazon <laughs> Prime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm making that Amazon bucks, you know. But Paper Girls, I devoured this show in a matter of days as well. Big fan of the comic book that it's based on. I'm a huge Brian K. Vaughn fan. And uh, if you like comic books, I highly recommend reading the comics. Um, however, I, I watched uh, the full season of this and I'd only read like the first couple of trades. So like 10 issues of the comics. And I wasn't quite sure what direction the show was going to take. But I'm happy to say that like the show is an adaptation of the comics, but it carves out its own story. It takes its time setting up the characters. And although it is different, it's still really good. Ali Wong is incredible in the show. The cast of kids that we follow are all very charming, really good. And Jason Manzukis is in this show. And I fucking love Jason Manzukis and anything that he's in. And he is revealed in like the third or fourth episode as like Spoiler alert. this big character. I'm not going to say what it is, but it brought me such joy that I went out and was like, I need to read more of these comics. I need to you know, devour more of this IP. And I am so goddamn excited to see where it's going just because like I read the comics. I know a little bit of where the story's going and uh, uh, it's very exciting. I, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I really hope they make another season. If you're a Stranger Things lover, I think you'll enjoy this. You know, it's got that typical formula, a group of 80s kids, you know, get taken on a sci-fi adventure and it's really fun. I think it's really good. Uh, and it's it's charming, like I said. Um, yeah, highly recommended. Highly recommended. Two thumbs up from Jose over here. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
Well, speaking of charming kids, uh, the movie we're talking about today, Samaritan, has... I mean, we don't want to charm any kids. We're just saying the kids are charming. Right. (laughs) But speaking of charming kids, there is quite a charming kid. um, If you're into that, like Jose said, um, in the movie uh, today, Samaritan, let's get into it. All right, let's get into the movie. All right, John. Yeah. Let's Should get into Samaritan, into it? my so, friend. I think... So Samaritan released in 2022. That's this year. As we mentioned, 38% critic score, 78% audience score. I think I'm going to skip the uh, the brief overview since we have our real rundown coming up in a second. But um, this it. movie, a couple interesting choices by this movie, an action movie that um, is really looking to... I saw a few articles and a lot of reviews mentioned this, but I couldn't really find the the originating source but there was a lot of talk around this movie about it breaking the mold the superhero mold that we've been just hit over the head with by a hammer um with marvel and other movies coming out that this was really looking to break the mold of that and and be different give us a different kind of story be a little more gritty like batman and so um you know, I, I thought it was interesting that this came in with a PG-13 rating because to uh, kind of do all those things, that'd be uh, it's a little bit difficult with only that PG-13 movie. And we, we kind of see that later on throughout the movie. I also thought it was interesting that Stallone teamed up with uh, a group that really hasn't made too many movies from a writing standpoint. Uh, the director... Julius Avery has only directed like two major movies, Overlord. Did you watch Overlord? Um, I don't think so. Me neither. I don't know what that is. And Son of a Gun, never heard of that either. Um, and he, he directed that as well. And then we get into, uh, you know, Stallone is a producer, Brian Aftergood, who has done a lot of movies, Lone Survivor, City of Lies. Um, so a bunch of average movies, I should say. And then, um, <laughs> the writer of this Just movie. Overlord looks pretty cool though, you know, with, uh, it? Joseph Quinn of Stranger Things, Wyatt Russell's in it, another Nepo baby. Um, yeah, maybe we should watch this. I think it's like about zombies. Oh, I think I have seen that. I watched it on a plane. It was okay. Yeah, it's like a bunch of like uh, like soldiers, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eve of D Day or something. It was very gory. Now that I remember it, Um, the writer here, Bragi, Bragi F. Shoot, shut. This is his first. This is like his first screenwriting credits for a movie that's been made on a major platform. Good for him. So. Yeah, great for him. Again, kind of an interesting, like, how did they get Stallone in this, I wonder? Um, or, like, get a name yeah. like that. 
was interesting. And it kind of brought me to think, you know, just the type of movie we have right here. Stallone, superhero, action guy. Um, when I when I first booted this movie up, do you want to get into our first thoughts here? When I first booted Absolutely. this movie up, um, the title alone had me feeling like this movie was going to be really dumb. Um, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was ready to just walk into another one of Sly's super original concepts, you know, um, a movie where Stallone is this aging action hero who see who seesaws between good and evil, you know, right? Like he's not he's the middle ground. He's not too good, but he's not he's not a bad guy either. Um, and then he's mm. sort of ready to pass the torch onto onto the next up and coming younger yeah. uh, action hero kind gotcha. of thing. So did you see uh, did you see a trailer for this movie? Did you have like an idea no. of what the plot was going to be? Me neither. No. So I didn't. all my first thoughts were all I saw was the, you know, Amazon Prime poster, which isn't good mm-hmm. either. It's not a great poster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it led me to believe, oh, so this is going to be like uh, another like, you know, B, B action movie uh, of, from some from some a, a, a lister that wants to create a movie from own. an a-hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> B movie from an a-hole that is trying to create their own MCU type superhero movie, like standalone superhero movie. Like, you know, like we've seen Vin Diesel do it with bloodshot, you know, we've seen these other actors who can lead their own films being like, I want to cash in on the superhero uh, uh, thing, you know, on the big superhero thing. Cause everybody fucking loves superhero movies right now. You know, it's a, uh, it's Morbin time. In this case, it's Samaritan time, you know, um, which is even fine, the name Samaritan like, is dumb. No, but good Samaritan, bad Samaritan, just Samaritan. They should have just named it person. Samaritan. Like his name was might as well be Dude. civilian. Dude. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> person. Guy. Dude. Bro. Big beefy bro. <laughs> he is big and beefy bro in this one. So yeah, it was. I mean, I didn't have uh, I didn't have a high expectation coming into this film. I thought it was just gonna be, you know, guys. People love superhero movies. Let's make a superhero movie, but this time tie it to another big name actor. You know, it's only a matter of time before they make one of these for Liam Neeson. It's only a matter well, of time. Speaking of which. Did you did you when you watch this movie? Did you get the preview for the Marksman with the Liam Marksman? Neeson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, to be honest, John, I'll watch that movie. <laughs> it looks so <laughs> bad. For so whoever, for those listening, if you haven't seen Samaritan on Amazon Prime, when you go to watch, you will probably be fed this preview for the next up-and-coming Liam Neeson blockbuster called The Marksman, uh, in which he plays this Texas cowboy-type Marine, retired Marine, doesn't have an accent. He keeps the same Liam Neeson. He's still Liam Neeson. Yeah, he's still Scottish or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Scottish, Welsh, whatever. He still has the the Eastern European-type accent. But it is yeah. a Texas cowboy. I loved the line and that they put in the preview. He still has 
uh-huh. the the line in the preview where he says, "Adios." <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so forced. Liam Neeson plays a guy who lives on a ranch, and he has you guessed it a particular set of skills still <laughs> that he doesn't quite use anymore. In this case, he's a marksman for like I guess he's a vet that lives on the border right next to the wall <laughs> and um oh, yeah. one day it seems like a uh you know a, a mexican couple is crossing the border well it's a mom and her son and you know he's trying to so he s- s- tries to save them the mom dies and now liam neeson Again, following the same formula that we've seen all of these aging actors follow, we pair them up with a child, you know? And so now Liam Neeson has this little Mexican boy that he's got to get all the way to Chicago, and the boy is being chased by the cartel. Why the cartel would care about a boy? I don't know. It looked like in the trailer he has a bunch of cash on him (laughs) that he took from the cartel, like a bag of cash. I don't know. It looks fucking ridiculous, and I'm in. Um, I'm into it. Meanwhile, dude, it just this, it makes me it makes me wonder like why are why are we continuing to make the same movies with the same people over and over and over again? Like, what is yeah. it? It's like, I I. You know, uh, you sent me this great article from The Ringer that's trying to get into it. Like, for some reason nowadays, uh, we are getting more and more aging stars. You know, like Tom Cruise is in his late 50s. He's still headlining a movie. You know, some of the biggest name actors are like Sandra Bullock still. You know, like, it's been 20 plus years and it's still Denzel. It's still Tom Cruise. It's still Liam Neeson. It's still all these old guys. And... um. My theory is that they all come from a time where there was a monoculture in Hollywood. When I say that, I mean that there wasn't like the internet, there wasn't streaming. It was just theater releases, VHS releases, right? Afterwards, DVD releases. Um, And nowadays, that has been fractured into the streaming culture. Now there's TV shows constantly being released i think there's like four thousand movies released every year now and so it's harder for a newer uh celebrity to make it big and it's easier to continue to bank on these names these recognizable names which i think is why we still have you know these actors doing the same shit over and over uh which is interesting because at the same as a result, we get these shit movies starring 75-year-old geriatric people uh, still pretending to be fucking big beefy bros. Well, he's you still know? a big beefy bro. Don't deny, don't deny Sly. But I think it's he also is. it's also um, probably a little bit yeah, you mentioned it. It's a safe move where you know you can bring in multiple age groups if you put Tom Cruise in a movie, right? Like as opposed to mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's almost, he's almost there. I think, I think he's next up and coming, but Tom Holland, you know, cause n- not everyone over the age of 30 saw Spider-Man or saw yeah. any of the MCU movies. So he doesn't have all of the name recognition with that, but I think he's, 
he's definitely on his way to being a superstar. But to your point, you well, can throw so he's taking the uh, absolutely exactly. And so, like for actors, for new actors like Tom Holland or Chris Pratt, you know these people who are in their thirties or twenties. Um, for them to break to the mainstream, a lot of them are catapulted by the Marvel machine, you know? Yeah. And so, like, that is how they break into the mainstream, into the old school monoculture. When prior to that, you know, like, you could be Tom Hanks and just make a bunch of uh, rom-coms and stuff like that. And, like, that'll catapult you to – you can't – rom-coms don't make money anymore, you know? So – it, you have to, you know, get on the machine. Like the machine nowadays is unfortunately the MCU. Miles Teller tried to do it, you know, with uh, uh, the Fantastic Four back in the day. But even then, like back in the day, Miles Teller would be like an A-lister at this point. But because the culture has fractured, you know, he has to be in a movie with Tom Cruise. You know, like he's in Top Gun Maverick and he's not the starring guy. Tom Cruise is still the guy <laughs> and he has been for 20 plus years. It's wild. And so I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like obviously we're going to continue down this uh, uh, fractured um, streaming versus theaters for, you know, and, and we'll, we'll I guess we'll have to wait and see when that when the mcu finally falls because <laughs> right now they have a monopoly on uh theaters you know yeah that's true and tom cruise the two people and tom cruise yeah, yeah don't forget him that's, that's so i guess we'll have to wait and see there's no way that samaritan is going to make money you know it's it was released on prime um people might watch it just because of stallone but i think so I think he, he it might carries that us, with John. But they also did the smart. <laughs> it might be the, the the like the prime video guys logging in today. He's like, all right, let's check it out. Refresh yeah, two yeah, views. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bezos. If if you want to pay us, uh, we're we're sponsoring your <laughs> movie right now. You know, this yeah. might be all the talk that it gets. Look, and um, I'll change my opinion. I'm not above it. Oh, are you? I'm just, <laughs> you're burying the lead, my friend. You already gonna I'm say what you Samar think about this movie? No, but I'm just a Samaritan. I'm not good or bad, so I can be good or uh -huh. bad depending on how fat your uh, your checks are. You know what I'm saying? No one cashes checks, though, so just hit me up on Venmo. Um, so why don't we yeah, just Venmo get into this movie? Yeah. I feel like we're dancing around it. Let's get into the real rundown. Many years ago, a battle was waged against good versus evil. Samaritan against nemesis twin brothers who became sworn enemies after a failed attempt by nemesis to turn the town on its axis to create chaos samaritan vowed to protect the people while nemesis continued uh, and wanted to watch the world suffer nemesis created a superpowered hammer that was fueled by his rage and hate against his twin brother samaritan and it was the only thing that could kill Samaritan after a duel between the brothers uh, were led to believe that both Samaritan and nemesis died in a huge explosion. Some people think Samaritan still lives. Meanwhile, our Samaritan obsessed little kid, charming little kid protagonist, Sam, who's played by Javon Wana Walton 
is facing eviction once again at the age of 12 and is forced into stealing copper and <laughs> whatnot to make some money. Uh, it escalates to making a distraction at a bodega for a local hooligan, Reza, who is played by the smallest human on planet Earth, Short King Standa, um, to steal some lotto tickets, which turn out to just be a bag of chips. Cyrus, Pilu Osbeck, who looks like Machine Gun Kelly, fucked a Bond villain, confronts the crew for messing up and takes a liking to our little Sam. Meanwhile, Cyrus and Dollar Store, J- Dollar Store J. Cole unpack some grenades and they're uh, going to be making some noise here. Sam runs into a little trouble with Reza uh, when Samaritan notices and saves him. So now Sam, the favorite of Cyrus, also takes a liking to Samaritan, Sam does his snooping outside of his window, conveniently see Samaritan living in the building across the street. How about that? And decides to go for a visit. Cyrus and the crew break into a police station and steal the hammer and the helmets of Samaritan and Nemesis. Cyrus bangs the hammer on Samaritan's helmet and Samaritan notices something is wrong. Wasn't that crazy? We'll get into that in a minute. How did he uh, know that? Yeah, we'll get up. We'll get there. Sam meets up with a local journalist who is Martin Starr, who has been tracking the Samaritan and Nemesis story. Sam works to convince the journalist that the Samaritan is the garbage man that lives in his neighborhood. No luck. While Samaritan heads out, Sam does some insane building scaling for a 12-year-old and breaks into Samaritan's apartment, discovering a freezer full of Edie's ice cream and a scrapbook of news articles about Samaritan. Sam finds all of the info he needs to feel convinced that Samaritan lives. Yeah. Samaritan, or as he goes by in the movie, Joe, Joe Smith, I believe. Yeah. (laughs) Gets back home and notices his apartment was broken into, confronts Sam at his home, and then seems to take a super liking to Sam because he has a nice mom. As Samaritan starts the conversation with Sam, he promptly tells Sam to go away. (laughs) <laughs> so this is the part of the movie where Samaritan really wants to, to teach and train Sam. And so he invites them up on the roof and then immediately tells him to leave. And then as Sam leaves, Samaritan's walking in the street, gets nailed by a car, like flips multiple times in the air. Uh, and the car yeah, driver of the car was Reza. Sam, Samaritan heals immediately and then just takes a wind shower, eats some ice cream to cool off his body. Um, that shit because was if crazy. He gets too hot. If he gets too hot, his heart will explode. He's like, "What do you know about thermodynamics and uh, <laughs> cellular fusion?" And he's like, "I'm 12 years old, bro." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at, it's at this point Cyrus starts uh, his takedown of the city. He tosses a blackout grenade down a sewer, which cuts the power in a local neighborhood, and riots immediately begin to start. Wild. A mob of people who were somehow just right around the corner, ready for violence, come. And listen to Cyrus preach about the power for the people. Sam and Samaritan mm-hmm. spend time together in the shortest boxing training scene where we learn Sam thinks he's a coward and Samaritan likes bo- likes fixing broken things. Including very, very helpful. People. Yeah. We get a flashback of the night where Nemesis died that shows us nothing at this point, but that Samaritan says that Cyrus doesn't know what the hell he's getting into. Cyrus runs into Sam on the street, brings him in uh, to his family because Cyrus still likes little kid Sam as well, um, Mm -hmm. which is back at a warehouse. And he gives him the most important job, he claims, 
which is whistling for cops, which Sam immediately yep. fails at. Sam gets no, uh, nosy and witnesses Cyrus torturing and kill a cop who almost ruins Cyrus's plan to blow up a major power plant and create a blackout across a whole city. On his way, on his just way, no, just cause, yeah, nemesis. On his way to ditch the city, uh, he comes across Reza fighting his friend, and then uh, this is the first time. Sam is no longer running away in a coward. He sucker punches Reza, uh, but he doesn't run like Samaritan taught him to, so he gets his ass kicked. Uh, Reza snitches on Samaritan still being alive to Cyrus um, because he totally thought he killed him with a car. Uh, didn't happen. And then a fight ensues, um, and the normal folks have figured out that Samaritan lives because he beats the hell out of Reza and his crew and throws cars and stuff. Um, bad news. Yeah, yeah. He, like, saves so Cyrus, a kid from a grenade. Idiot, right? So, so at this point, Cyrus shoots up. Um, he goes to to Samaritan's apartment, or Joe Smith's apartment at this point, and just guns ablaze and blows the whole thing up. Um, and then notices that Sam is watching from across the street. And it is at this point and that goes, Cyrus decides he no longer likes Sam. So he starts chasing uh-huh. after Cyrus uh, across the street. Um, no, Sam starts chasing. No, Cyrus starts right. chasing Sam. Cyrus starts chasing Sam. He captures Sam, bonks him on the head with a very heavy looking Makes weapon. his mom, too. Yeah, and his mom. Yeah, totally. So it's at this point, Samaritan or Joe Smith is like, should I save the kid or should I run? He's like, I'll save the kid. So he does what anyone normally does. Loads up, loads up a bunch of oil drums in the back of a garbage truck. Um and then just drives into the warehouse where Cyrus is. There's no explosion or anything with the oil drums. Just like he just drives the truck through there. I don't yeah. know if the extra weight, weight or something happened. Um, anyway, huge fight breaks out. Uh, we The new nemesis uh, is Cyrus at this point, And he's uh, trying to, to take out Samaritan. Throughout their fight into burning and exploding buildings, we actually learned Samaritan, the man we thought was Samaritan the whole time, Joe Smith, was actually Nemesis and let his brother Samaritan die in the fire. The new Nemesis, oh, yeah. Joe Smith, defeats Cyrus, saves Sam, and gives Sam the choice to choose no, the, the new nemesis he wants to tell. You mean the old Nemesis? Right, but the, the new. new yeah, yeah. But then, like, the same, but he's new Nemesis to us. Because he was the Samaritan, the old uh, nemesis. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so old nemesis defeats new nemesis, and new nemesis is the new nemesis because we thought he was Samar- the old Samaritan. <laughs> exactly. So Sam regardless, can choose- the lone defeats the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So Sam can choose what story he wants to tell to to the news that's waiting outside, and all of the people that are waiting outside of this burning building. Um, and and Sam remembers the line that Joe, Nemesis Samaritan, the Samaritan then Nemesis, tells him, everyone has a little good and bad in their heart. So Sam leaves the burning building on his own and tells the news lady that Samaritan lives and gives hope to all of the people who were literally just ready to take down the entire world for Cyrus. The end. Yeah. Huh. Not a lot of lot logic. I'm like, no. What, what do the bad guys want? 
the bad guys like wanted to just like blow up a power plant. Like, how is that going to help anybody? I don't know. Because I kept how thinking does that like chaos. I don't know. There was a lot that I was like on Cyrus's side about. You know, he's like, oh, the rich don't care about us. Like, our part of the city is not. But funded there were no well. examples in this granite city. No, and there you kept know? being like news reports that like Stallone was hearing that was like, oh, unemployment at an all time high. This, this, and that. You know, and I'm like. Well, how is Stallone gonna fight unemployment? <laughs> and how's Nemesis gonna fight unemployment? But the movie didn't actually care about any of that shit. <laughs> no, I also didn't know that we were in an alternate city, city of Granite City, until at the yeah, end, Stallone drives the truck that he drives the garbage truck that says city of granite city on it i love that uh, truck oh my god yeah yeah yeah. i love that that like city of granite city and like nobody like they painted that on the truck and nobody was like this kind of sounds hmm. a little weird huh yeah like, we could nah, just nah, put granite city on it. to it <laughs> it could just be granite city like i don't know like waste you know like it doesn't yeah. have to be city of granite city John, do the do the trucks in New York City say "City of New York City" on them? They should. <laughs> yeah, they it's should. so stupid. City of Gotham City, like that's dumb. And so I, this movie, I, I, I took a video of that, and I just kept thinking, like, this just goes to show how much thought they put into the production of this. That nobody stopped to be like, "Yo, this is kind of dumb, right?" There's a Back. lot. There's a lot of that in this. Um, yeah. So yeah. the what I failed uh, to, to bring into the real rundown because I wanted to, to get how you were feeling about it. But uh, this movie, I think we can officially say, you know, I never really listened or paid attention to it much before until, um, you know, you mentioned it was one of your pet peeves early on. But this movie starts with a, a nice little voiceover. Ugh. What'd you think about it? Did it really like set the Gross. tone for you? What'd you think? I hated it. I hated it. Um, I will say like, like that opening VO starts and like, we get like a stylized battle between nemesis and Samaritan, which was kind of cool, but it looked a little bit uncanny, you know, like, so it wasn't it looked cool. Bad. It looked bad. It looked bad. And then, uh, you know, it's a bad sign when in the opening VO paragraph, they say, let me start at the beginning. Like, bitch, this is the beginning. Just get on with it. Just fuck. Like, we're here. We're here. We're at the beginning. Shut the fuck up. Just start talking. And then it goes, uh, but I believe that Samaritan could change the world. And I'm like, okay, so they just ripped this out of the Avatar. <laughs> like, but I believe Aang could change the world. <laughs> It was dumb. It was just fucking dumb. I also stand by the fact that, like, either make this a cold open, right? And don't give us any fucking exposition, any VO. Let us figure it out. And we'll figure it out later when you tell us the same fucking story over and over again during the movie, you know? Or skip it entirely and have the cold open be Sam running away from bullies or something that's going to introduce us to his character and where he is in the story at the very beginning, you know, or show us uh, Samaritan 
doing something, you know, like to show us that his glory days are behind him. I don't know. Like he's going to work and in the background you see like the Samaritan helmet and he ignores it or something or he throws his his work clothes on top of it, you know, like use action to tell us the story instead of instead of giving us it in 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 VO. Like there are ways visually to tell us what's happening. And I just fucking hate this shortcut. Like you could do it so much more entertainingly you know yeah i i totally agree i also think the story from the setup kind of showed stallone's age a little bit i i find it hard to believe he didn't write this movie like i feel he created this alias to write this movie because it's it's rocky <laughs> dude. Is not a real person. yeah yeah, it's it, it totally shows his age that he thinks that this is a story that captivates people in 2022, right? Like Samaritan yeah. versus Nemesis. This reminds me, there was, I think it was a superhero movie when I was a kid. It was called like Bible Guy or something. It was like a Christian superhero that would fight. Yeah, and this is totally it. I can't remember. I just kind of clicked what? my head. But when I was watching this, it was almost identical. He had no a it way. was this this faith based superhero who fought for for not good like the Hebrew Hammer, right? No, no, no. Because <laughs> those no, are good. different That's kind of superhero. Movie. Yeah, no, this was uh, this was real. Um, man, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, they they did the same thing, right? Like the bad guy was the whatever. Anyway, I just. I, like a hammer made out of anger. Like we get all of this in the beginning. Um, the costumes I thought were super lame in the beginning yeah. of the superheroes. It feels to your point, the city of Gra- uh, Granite City. It just felt like there was no thought put in to any of this no. from the start. It, it just, yeah. it just, yeah, it was, it was bad. Also, it's like, like they didn't actually give too much thought into the world building. They were like right. following the formula, you know, like, oh, we'll create a uh, uh, a Gotham City, basically. And, you know, it's poor. Everybody's struggling. There's thieves running amok. You know, it, it's like Chicago back in the day or New York back in the day. Uh, and, and, and it's just like we've seen all of this before. And there's no new take to it, you know? Like, the Batman did a better thing. Obviously, the Batman's going to do, you know, a better thing. But, like, the Riddler in that movie was basically doing what, like, Cyrus wanted to do in this movie. He's like, oh, I'm going to take down the infrastructure so that we can, you know, show the people of Gotham or, or Granite City, you know, like, what they deserve but like the logic wasn't fully there for this um which is just yeah so we're meeting and let's talk about cyrus for a second because we we like meet most of the characters right off the bat too so we kind of talked about samaritan dumb joe smith terrible name like obviously that is the most if you're trying to be undercover that is the most undercover like person under trying to be undercover name of all time yeah. Your name is Joe I just Smith. thought, like, why huh. didn't they just name him John Smith? Like, if they're going to say, like, oh, this is, like, his new identity, just give him the one that we all know. Why Joe no, Smith? Because John Smith pillaged and took advantage of Pocahontas <laughs> back in the day. You don't want to be John Smith. 
Um, don't let Disney <laughs> yeah. tell you otherwise. John Smith kids. started Mormonism. Read a fucking book. He did that too. <laughs> <laughs> He's everywhere, man. Um, so let's talk about Cyrus oh, for a second. I think two things. Two things about uh, when we meet Cyrus. First thing, I honestly thought that this was Joshua Jackson the entire movie. Um, I was very surprised that after I watched the movie and put together this outline, that it was someone entirely different. Uh, for those that don't know, Joshua Jackson is Joshua Jackson is the dude in Fringe and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I totally thought that this was him. Um, but have we seen Pilu Asbeck in anything else? I have no idea. Maybe something that I thought was Joshua Jackson all along. Who knows? Um, another thing about Cyrus, and we talk about no attention oh, he's to detail. Uncharted? He is the dumbest looking bad guy of all time. Just as Joe Smith is the classic name for someone undercover, Cyrus's outfit and getup is just so lazy. He's wearing How a brown funny. duster with the cotton collar, uh-huh. the blonde hair. He just looks so dumb. It's just paint by numbers. This whole movie is just yes. paint by numbers. Just like, and, and I love how funny is it though that he's got the Nemesis logo tattooed on his face and his chest. Love he's got it. two of them. Dumb. Can't get enough, man. Can't get enough. I also no. in um, this movie. Go ahead. No, go ahead. The, the one thing early on to set the stage of the movie, so we've met uh, Joe Smith, Cyrus, and we meet Sam, um, who seems to be a very mature 12-year-old um, or 13-year-old, whatever. The one thing I was wondering at the beginning of this movie is how long, excuse me, how long ago did these Samaritan and Nemesis events happen? Because Sam, who's... 13 years old, 12 years old, is super obsessed with them. So it kind of felt like they were very recent. And then there's a moment later in the movie when when the news is on. They happened something like 40 years ago or 30 years ago. And I was just like, I couldn't stop thinking, like, why is this kid so, why is this coming up 30 years later? It's To me, it seems like something that should have been happening right after the fact. You know why, though? So that, I, I can tell you the answer. It's because you had to justify how fucking old Sly is. <laughs> Sly looks like he's 70 go. years old. So, like, he had to have been around 40 years prior, you know? I was yeah. also expecting, John, like, they keep doing these scenes where Sly uh, is, like, he sees injustices happening around him. And, you know, like... He chooses not to do anything. He's like, oh no, right. like that's not that's the old me that would like that's get up my and life anymore. Whatever. Yeah, it's not my life anymore. I can't I can't protect this old lady from being <laughs> bullied on the bus. <laughs> but then like I wanted to see him uh like struggle to be like, well, I will do it for Sam. But it just kind of happens when he like runs in to Sam's house <laughs> and the mom is doing <laughs> The mom's doing that cliche like, they took they took Sam, my boy. <laughs> like, did they drag you back to your house and lean you up against the fridge? And she's just like waiting there until, <laughs> until Joe Smith shows up and is like, save my boy. 
They took him. <laughs> the I laughed so hard at that cliche. Oh, I love the it. writing in this movie. It is so so bad. One of my, like, and there's so but many of these it's like ultimatum the 80s movies. You exactly. know, it's like it's trying it's like to Robin. be an '80s movie. It's yeah, rocky. it's it's trying to be it, Rocky or like or or Demolition Man. You know, like it feels like those kind of, but it's just like it doesn't have enough. It's not hit. playing with the formula. You know, it just is the formula. And it, it reminds me like a lot of these like attempts at ultimatums or just advice given one of one of them here that i wrote down was from the mom she's telling it to sam and she she makes this point she tries to tie it together and she just goes you know the decisions you make add up and then pauses for dramatic effect and i just remember yeah, yeah, sitting yeah. there i re- it, I re- the, it makes uh, me it's it's bad it makes me think of this the, time where I, as a a teenager, as a a really rebellious teenager, I got a speeding (laughs) ticket. I got a speeding ticket once uh, for going uh, 54 and a 50. And uh, the police officer pulled me over. Have you ever gotten a ticket before? Because maybe this is something that happens all the time. But have you gotten one before? I I was a speedster though when i was driving like i got yeah i got a speeding ticket for like a 60 and a 40 you know okay well that's it's different um but that's like okay that makes sense (laughs) yeah did this happen to you though where so the police did this happen to you where the police officer kind of pulled me over and you know they did the whole spiel right like do you know i pulled you over i said no um and then they said um you know, you were going 54 and a 50. And then they said, uh, you know, give me your license, all this stuff. And then they said, you know what? I think uh, what we need to do here is we need to give your parents a call and let them know what happened. And I said, okay. I said, okay, sure. And so I I called my parents and, you know, it's on speakerphone and uh, my mom mom answers. 16 my mom answers and the person goes hey you know this is this is officer blah 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 i have your son here um which is frightening for any parent to hear right like who knows what happened and uh they go you know i just pulled them over and i want i want him to tell you what was going on and so it's on speaker and i hear both of my parents there now and uh, I was, I remember just going, uh, I was speeding. I was going 54 and a 50. And, the, <laughs> and then I just hear laughing. I hear laughing on the phone. And the police officer immediately just like, they lost control of the situation. They were, and, and the police, and then my dad goes, well, what were you doing? Why are we going? You're not my dad. What the hell? Like, yeah, and then the, now? I don't know. And then the cop, like my, I hear over the phone, my dad goes, well, why were you driving so fast? And so I said, <laughs> oh, and f- no one knows this, but, uh, and when I was 16, I had my grandmother's old car. It was a old 19, as old as I am Volvo and it was white yeah. and it didn't move too fast. Cause if it moved a little bit over, like a little car. too fast, it would shake. And so I said, um, I was drag racing the Volvo, Dad. And then, (laughs) 
I totally <laughs> acknowledge that there's a bit of privilege in this interaction as well. And so the police officer continued to lose control of the situation. And then I just looked at them and they sort of looked at me and I said, Dad, I hope that I don't go to jail today for really disobeying the law or something like that. Just like, again, yeah. of how cheesy the situation was. Just, and the you were just being a little rascal. You're being a, a little, little wise. Yeah. Oh, and then the officer, but uh, being honest, right? Like I said it in my normal monotone voice. And so the officer yeah. sort of hung up the phone. And this is where the story is getting to when the decisions you make add up. At that point, the, the officer sort of just hung up the phone, handed me back the phone. They said, you know, um, you broke the law today. And then <laughs> they tried to make a couple ultimatums. And I couldn't tell if this was just I was being pranked, honestly. And so they go, you broke the law today. And when you break the law, things happen. And I was like, things wow. happen? Like, things happen? Wow. Like, well, And they were like, and then they went like, oh, dang it. They were like, wait, no. Like, it, when you break, so when, when you start to break the law bad, like, I remember them stuttering and trying to give me this ultimate. <laughs> they're like, they're trying to get and to I, be like, see, when you, when the thing is, uh, yeah, with great exactly. power comes great responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> the cops trying like, to find some lesson to teach you there, but it's like, fuck yeah. off. That's not, <laughs> who yeah. are you? Like, it was crazy. Long story short, I didn't get a ticket out of Need it, for speed. Jeez. Uh, Listen, w with a car, <laughs> the world is your oyster, and uh, not all oysters are safe to eat. <laughs> all right kid have have a good one there you go wow that was it yeah <laughs> that was pretty much well, it and that's kind of what this movie, movie felt like yeah that's what this entire movie felt like especially at the end when they're up on the roof boxing or whatever or no at the oh, end at the end in the burning building and sylvester stallone goes not every, not everyone is good and bad. Yeah, that was like what we were supposed to walk away with. The cops oh, like, yes, there's good and bad in everybody. Uh, today you were oh, wow. the uh, goodest bad bad person. Oh, Thanks for the lesson. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they're listening, actually, look, uh, add up. Is that that's what the mom said, right? What is it that your action? The decisions you make add up. Yeah, the decisions you make. They add do. Up. It's just one they of do. those like vague, just like yeah, with great power comes great responsibility, which is why this movie is so formulaic. It's just like, but I feel okay, like well, even that lesson line... that the mom's gonna teach the kid, but then you know what was missing? The mom didn't die. If this was like an origin story right. for the kid, the mom would have died. And he would have been like, oh, no, your actions add up. This is like a consequence of my actions. Uh, I was waiting, John. Were you waiting to see if somehow Samaritan was going to give him his powers? No, I knew that was wasn't going to happen. I kind of wanted it to happen, I feel like. Like, I thought if this movie, if you could, re if I could rewrite this movie, it would have been about Samaritan, like you said, like, training the next guy like you know passing the torch on to the next kid to be a superhero or whatever but nothing really uh, happened i thought what was going to happen is he was going to train the kid but like there was going to be a lesson that comes out of it that superpowers aren't what makes a superhero 
and the kid was yeah, sort of okay. going to join in and do the do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, but let's let's talk about some of these plot holes that are kind of funny and interesting because I think there are so many. <laughs> Yeah. Let's start with the first but also, one. like the big, the biggest one though, John, is that like the movie ends and nothing changes for Samaritan. He just goes back into no. hiding. Yes. Like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the first one that you thought of? First one that I noticed right away. Well, first big one, I guess that that made me think is when. The Sam is trying to figure out that Joe is Samaritan and he finds the scrapbook in his house yeah. uh, of newspaper stuff. I was just kind of thinking, how does that prove that this guy is Samaritan? <laughs> I didn't really know what was in there. I didn't really know what was in there. I'm not going to lie to you. I got up and started doing the dishes while I was watching this movie. There you go. So I can see where your your review might go. Um, another one. There were so many. Um, like, why is Cyrus even mad? Like, what's the point of Cyrus? Uh, what's the what point did, of Samaritan? What was his end goal? Uh, what was his end goal? You know, um, the blackout that occurred in the movie. It seemed that it only happened for an hour because the power was back on the next day and people were the next day. And, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Riots would happen out of fucking nowhere in this movie. Like the lights go off and then like there's just a can for like one of those. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the purge outside. (laughs) Like, you know, it's bad when there's like barrels with fire in it. You know, where do do they even get those barrels? I mean, Granite City could be anything, man. It's it's built tough, Mm -hmm. hard like granite. Do you think that Stallone came up with some of these? Because... (laughs) Granite City seems straight out of Rocky. He's also wearing an Everlast beanie the entire time, which it's because he's still Rocky. Rocky. He's just Rocky. Do you think that this think movie takes place in that, like? Yeah, Rocky actually gets superpowers in Rocky yeah. Eight, and he becomes Samaritan. <laughs> this movie takes place in the in the Rocky universe. In the Rocky universe. Yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah, this He's is like, like a small. No one left. Uh, it's just me nowadays. <laughs> so I lost let's my say family. Like... I lost my brother. I lost <laughs> everything. God, it's so bad. It's so bad. Okay, so let's let's get to like right before yeah, the, the end. Like, let's get before the fight scene. We're right before here where. <laughs> everything's going on right like cyrus is ready to take down the city he's nemesis that's yep so there how are you feeling he's about nemesis, he has you know the, you you've spent uh, let's say an hour into the movie how are you feeling you know you've seen act one you've seen act two how do you how do you feel yeah, yeah what are your vibes what are you so what's going on right now at this point basically uh Samaritan has shown up at the warehouse, right? And he's like full Hulk mode. I'm so yeah, yeah. Right before that, I think right before his powers. You know, yeah. Right before that, oh, when yeah, Yeah, when they take the kid and the mom is crying on the floor. This is when I was like, okay, let's get some, let's get some action out of this finally. And I was especially excited because Stallone walks like a fucking, he's like a tree. 
He barely moves at all in this movie because well, he's, he's 76 yeah, he's so old. much plastic. Yeah. It, it, yeah he, he, for those that need a more of a visual. Like, yeah, for those that aren't watching. Yeah, he's very mechanic. Imagine if you're a gentleman or I guess a woman. Imagine you've been chafing now for three days straight, right? Like the insides of your legs are raw, almost third degree rough. burns, rough, rough. right? There's no amount that's of how wide. That's, base that's helping you right now. <laughs> that's how wide Stallone's base is, right? So we have bottom down, you're visualizing, okay? Let's get top up. Imagine you're wearing a back brace, not only a back brace, but also a straight jacket. And then on top of that, in order for you to move, your shoulders are attached to bungee cables that are attached to a wall. So shoulders, wall, bungee cables, back brace, straight jacket. Okay, that is yeah. the top. Now you have your neck up, right? Okay, so now imagine your entire face is being pulled back, like really, really, <laughs> really tight. This is and a so day in the life of Sly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So your face is like, you're kind of like feeling pressure pulling your face back all the time. And then imagine if your neck, like from the top of your head down to the middle of your back was just one bone. That was it. And so that's sort of how Sly moves in this movie. I would say you've, you've gotten a full visual here for that. Nice. For those that can't see it, uh, Jose's continuing to act it out. <laughs> but I encourage you, act oh, out your yeah. sly walk. Let's make this go yeah. viral. Hashtag sly walk. <laughs> post it, sly post walk. it on your Instagram, tag us in it, you know, hashtag sly walk. We'll do our own. Um, you know, I'm convinced that in the scenes where you don't see Sly's feet, he's just on like a skateboard type thing and they just kind of roll him around. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the budget he's for this movie just- was Sylvester Stallone in one of those like automatic walker things that you see in the airport, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, I would, if you told me that like Sly is actually like a cardboard cutout of Sly in this movie, I'd believe you because man, <laughs> that kid had to do a lot of the heavy lifting in those scenes and he's good. Oh my God. The kid was great. He's charming. <laughs> I wasn't lying about it. So yeah, was, we're he, heading to euphoria too. He is in Euphoria. Ashtray in Euphoria, yeah. So I was like watching this. I was like, oh, shit. This kid got like wrecked in the last episode of Euphoria. Spoiler alert. Um, so we're Spoiler we're like alert. about Sorry. to get into to the action of this movie, which is great because up until this point, there has been no action about an hour in. There's the one point where... Yeah, there had like... The, he jumped over a car at one point and like held the girl and it was clearly a CG Stallone. Oh, the CG like, is rough. No way. Yeah, and the, especially at the end. The CG yeah. at the end is really bad. When they're in the fire, you know, it's like they couldn't get the lighting on Stallone right. He's clearly like in a on a green screen or something. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, rough. It's bad. It's it's yeah. tough. And so at this also, point, I want to know how they got their powers. And is the yeah. axe magic? Is the battle? Is the the hammer magic? Dude, it, it who like knows? A- it's but it's fueled by anger and hate. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Like, so there's <laughs> magic in this universe? I don't know. But the, how, the how anger and hate. How the Nemesis have powers and like nobody else does? You know, like I want to know if they got 
experimented on? Are they products of the U.S. government? There's this movie could have been more interesting. Just like, oh, just kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. And so that's pretty much how I felt an hour into this movie was more questions and answers. Um, and we had just questions. gotten the scene where they were on the roof and I was like walking away from that feeling like that should have been the apex, right? That should have been Sylvester Stallone teaching this kid. This is how you can do it. This is how you become a, a, a Samaritan, right? Good nor bad. Um <laughs> And there was just no chemistry on the roof whatsoever. It was all the kid just trying to be charming. And he did his little boxing uh-huh. moves and stuff. And he was killing it. And Stallone was just, okay. <laughs> oh, whoa. Hey, cool. did you learn how to do that? Yeah. Oh, my dad uh, taught me four years old. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, hit me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then all we learn about, uh, to your point, I was like, okay, we're going to learn so much about Samaritan and Nemesis. We're gonna, the only thing we learn about Samaritan and Nemesis, the, the hammer, and that this guy, Joe, likes to fix things because it's therapeutic and that everything deserves a second chance. And if yeah. by then, and then he is Nemesis. Right. And if by that line, you hadn't figured out that he actually wasn't Samaritan, you're dumb. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You're really dumb. <laughs> and you probably liked the movie. I thought it was um, so predictable. So bad. Okay, so we're, we're at the end, right? Like, the, the whole thing. The fighting-ish, if you want to call it that. It's more like talking instead of fighting. But like, He kind of just walks through. Like, he doesn't need to fight anybody. He just walks straight through the warehouse. Bullets don't matter to him, which was confusing to me because I thought he actually got injured and he'd have to survive. I didn't know he was bulletproof. But then he's, like, walking through there. They're shooting him. He's, like, totally fine. Until Another like plot hole. Another yeah. plot hole is... There's two. They One gave him enough time to smack the pillars around them. And they're literally all pointing their guns at him. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, this is stupid. Because if you guys try to shoot him, you're just going to be shooting each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, what a horrible way yeah. to stand. But, uh, yeah, so dumb. Yeah. We get in. And then at a snail's pace. Yeah. And so does this movie. The pacing of this movie up until now, so slow. I was so I bored so watching bad. this movie, waiting for something to happen. The the like I didn't understand why or how when Sam was helping Samaritan or whatever, and then he looks at Cyrus's crew shooting uh, Samaritan's apartment to dust. Why then Cyrus was like, "Hey, there's that kid that I really like and brought into my crew and taught him a bunch of stuff. There's that kid. Let's kill him." Like yeah, that didn't make any like, sense. He must to be me. involved. What if he just lived there? <laughs> Yeah, which he did. And then uh, yeah. to your point, at the end where this dude Joe is bulletproof, is everything proof, right? Um, yeah. First of all, how did the car then flip him? Second of all, um, how is Cyrus fighting him? Like, yeah. we have no well, idea how anything happens. They do that law of ninjutsu thing, right? But they, they kind of set it up in this movie that so he's like losing energy as he's taking all the damage and stuff. So he's like really tired and he's old. 
It's just dumb, you know, like, and, and, and we do get into the ending here. Like, this is the climax you know, with Cyrus versus Samaritan. And he's all tired, so he gets his ass kicked. Um, and we have the kid. And this is when the CGI looks really bad, by the yeah, way. Really this is bad. like, <laughs> it looks so bad. Like, the flames look bad. And then it has the moment where it, like, tries to connect what we saw in the beginning. You know, like, it keeps flashing back to Stallone. And uh, like Nemesis and Samaritan, and like one of them is falling, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it tries to parallel that with this time Nemesis, like the new Nemesis being the one holding on, and he has entered the Samaritan role, but it just feels weird, you know. And then they do the reveal, and it's like young Stallone, uh, which just seems like oh, like I think that's I like it. I, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But it's just because I like young Stallone movies, you know. I it's guess. like just the nostalgia talking there. It was it bad. Actually and like there was only one part of this end that I I liked, and so I'll save it for just like, and then I'll be done. But this is also just didn't make any sense when Samaritan, where Joe revealed himself as Nemesis, and then you would think Cyrus would be like, "Cool, you're my hero, man. I don't want to fight you anymore." Yeah. But then he decides, no, I need to kill this guy even more now, which made no sense to me. Mm -hmm. CGI was terrible. The best part of this entire last 20, 30 minutes is when Stallone grabs one of the grenades and he just shoves it inside of dollar store value J. Cole's stomach and then walks (laughs) away and says, have a blast. And honestly... Oh, if, yeah! If, if the movie was just those five seconds, it would have been a great movie. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you brought that up. I almost forgot about that. That part of the movie made me literally like, oh, yes! <laughs> like, that's yeah. all I want from these. It's I like know. my favorite example of that, I've probably talked about this before, is in Total Recall, um, like Richter... The bad guy, he tells him, like, oh, they're going to wipe his brain, and then we're going to have, like, a party. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger rips his arms off on the elevator, and he throws his arms at him, and he goes, see you at the party, Richter. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Those one-liners were what made those 80s action movies, like, so are one of the reasons why those 80s action movies are so good and why i love them so much just corny one-liners zingers said in like weird accents by big beefy bros (laughs) oh yeah well speaking of one-liners and liners let's get into uh the critic and audience reviews see what they have to say about this yeah let's get into it All right, all right. Let's uh, um, let's start with the critic ones. Let's get the the critic reviews. Yeah. See what they have to say. This first one here from IGN movies. They have to say more concerned with plot than meaning. Sylvester Stallone's superhero film Samaritan hinges on a predictable reveal and not much else. A mechanical retread of better movies and ideas. 
four out of ten. All right. Oof. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But the plot still wasn't even there. You know, it's definitely predictable. Uh, and, and, And it's stuff that we've all seen before. Yeah. There wasn't anything new about it. This next one from Uprox. Uh, there are porn films with more naturalistic dialogue. Give it a D plus. <laughs> Holy shit. That is harsh. I don't think I've ever really harsh. watched a, a porn film. Have you? And do you like, what? are you in it for the dialogue? Like, I don't know. Well, Sylvester Sometimes. Stallone is in a softcore porn movie. Sometimes so I like the, the story. So bad. Yeah. You know? I like What's the your story favorite sometimes. Story? It's like, how did my stepsister get stuck in the washing machine? Sure. A, a tale as old you know, as time. I'd like to see that story. <laughs> yeah. What's another good story that you've come across? I kind of like Literally. when they try to do like like little parodies, you know? Like it's like, like Star Wars parodies or stuff something like that. I like, yeah. I like a little role a, play. Yeah, you got a good one yeah. that you want to put the people on? Yeah, for the good ones, guys, I need you guys to subscribe to my OnlyFans, uh, OnlyFans.com slash Hoser Loser. I'll give you all of the porn recommendations you need. Do you have an OnlyFans? <laughs> Fuck no. Uh, I don't know. I thought maybe, hey, sell it. Well, now you got to create one because you might get a couple fans looking for you or someone's going to do it before yeah, you yeah. steal your name. So, That's probably not a bad idea, though, right? To like make an OnlyFans you know, and just like review porn movies. Yeah, I feel like that that might already be done though. You got to do it with we'll you know how you make that. money. This is how you make money. As if I had uh, tits. <laughs> no, if you <laughs> review the movies with your like you draw a face or something on your feet, like a like googly eyes and a mouth on your feet and your feet are the ones doing the reviews of the movies. I just feel like there's maybe more of an audience for that. You know, like good-looking feet. Yeah, porn. People love feet. You know, there's and like porn. definitely like a, a feet thing. Yeah, yeah, and feet porn. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to take that, um, I just shared that at 3:08 p.m. <laughs> on September 2nd. So, um, you know, go ahead to anyone who wants to take that idea. I'll come after you. This no, next one. no, that's an EARC original. Exclusive, we're, we're gonna, yeah. We're going to start putting those out ourselves. Yeah, yeah we're going to do it our ourselves. For sure. Yeah, yeah join our OnlyFans at EARC. You'll see our feet. Yeah. Reviewing and for $100, we'll, uh, our foot will talk to you live. Um, we'll do a live conversation with you. Yeah. For 150 bucks, I'll send you my socks. Yeah. How about that, huh? One sock, though. Game you game worn, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'll give you the and, pair for two fifty. You know that's the deal I'm trying to do. Sure, love it. This mm-hmm. next one uh, from WTOP: Samaritan exceeds all expectations for what a superhero movie can be and should be. What? Joe's reluctance to adopt the tie of Samaritan is the core of this cleverly written script. They gave it a three and a half what? out of five, which is very close to our audience. What? Yeah. That's right. That's and as a reminder, crazy. the critics as a whole this gave this so a thirty-eight percent. I know. Yeah, but you know what? Okay. You know what's maybe the most predictable is that this review came from a Washington D.C. publication, 
and that they would think something so dumb is so clever and, and new um, and and original. I feel like there's a lot of that in DC. You know what I'm saying? Capitol Hill, this, baby. Capitol Hill. Uh, this last one from uh, from your boy from the grave, rest in power, uh, RogerEbert.com. <laughs> There are so many holes in Samaritan screenplay that the movie needs to move faster than it does if it wants to outrun them. One and a half. Yes. Yeah. That is I true. agree. Like if it did move a little faster, we would be willing to overlook some of the dumb shit. You know, so like Bullet slow. Train managed to do that pretty well, I think. Um, like just don't think about the poisonous snake too much, you know, like yeah. it's just there. Um yeah. But yeah, this kind of took its time. It was slow moving. But again, it's because um, it's geriatric. This is an old, this is, I mean, Stallone is so old. This movie, as we said before, moves as well as Stallone does. Um, Overall, I think the critics pretty much pan this movie, 38%. um, For it claiming to be something special, which is crazy that this movie had all this buzz around it for being different and taking a different spin on superhero movies. Did it? I, 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 there were articles about, like, in <laughs> almost every review I read, I, someone was referencing how this movie was coming to challenge Marvel. And really? I was just like, yeah. So uh, the, the but really. But it's like, like Bloodshot. You know, like, they'll say the same shit about Bloodshot, it's marketing. It's I don't know. So this movie claiming to be something special when really like the the only unoriginal thing about it was how much worse of an attempt at a superhero movie it was than any other movie we've been exposed <laughs> to nowadays. Like the critics found the plot to be translucent, the characters vanilla, and the writing flat out bad. bad. So that was the critic review. Let's let's hop into the audience. Maybe a, a bit more optimistic at seventy eight percent. This first one here from David. Great superhero movie that breaks the mold. Gritty, grimy, and filmed in a cleverly unsettling way. Classic Stallone in a new light. Sure, it has elements of Batman, but is unique in its own right. Would love to see a sequel. Five stars. This is what I'm saying, dude. It's everywhere. Yeah. I'm just like, it would have been nice if, if, you know, like movies tend to use, you know, like uh, when you hear something on the radio in a movie or on a TV, you know, like for exposition. And this movie just had it for world building, which made it weird because it was saying shit like uh, unemployment is at an all time high, you know, like, like setting the scene for the poverty of the city, but then the hero does nothing at all to try to fix that. So no. neither I does mean, the villain though. It just shuts the power yeah. down. Wouldn't that make things worse? <laughs> yeah, it would make things worse. You would think like if he was tra- like if he was truly being a villain in the scenario, he would be ro- he would be Robin Hood, right? He'd be robbing he would be robbing down banks. Yeah. And, yeah. And like or maybe like Nemesis or something could have said that's what Nemesis used to do, you know, like he'd take right. from the rich and give to the poor. Um, but then it would, I don't know, like it would make me be like, okay, I'm on that guy's side. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds yeah. great. Uh, but I don't, yeah, it, but nothing happens. Like instead, he just no. saves a kid and then just goes back to doing what he was doing before. You yeah. know, it's not like so he this decides next- to take the mantle back. It just says Samaritan lives. 
Okay. That's it. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> Did so you also like one, how they shoehorn Martin Starr being like, his name is Sam? Yeah. Because they yeah. had to bring that character back, but they had nothing for him to do. So they, they didn't were have like, to bring him back. oh, we'll just have him remember his name this time. Because he calls him like Andy or something. In the oh, game. right. Tim. So, yeah. Yeah, he calls him Tim. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sam. Sam. Samaritan. Oh, wow. Well, our next one by Annette. Awesome movie. Stallone really busted out his acting chops in this one. Love the story and the twist at the end. My family was glued to the TV (laughs) and invested every minute of it. Definitely a rewatch movie. If it comes out on DVD, I'll add it to my collection. Five stars. Annette, what? (laughs) Annette, you're buying DVDs? (laughs) Annette. Stop it. <laughs> it's crazy. And that's also getting and that's also getting into uh, crypto lately. <laughs> yeah. She's also heard this company Enron is gonna be doing pretty well. So she'll probably and get in also that. just bought a couple tickets to Anarchapulco. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> and Firefest. Who knew? She's really in on <laughs> The new hot concerts. Yeah. <laughs> she's such an innovator in that. She's, such she's a, really she's like early times. adopter times a thousand. You know, she's all she's uh-huh, on top of sure. every new trend. And that yeah. just it's crazy. Uh, we're bought some fucking Apple. <laughs> yeah, she did. We're friends on Zoom. Uh, we share each other's oh. playlists and stuff. Yeah. On Zoom. That's funny. Yeah. She actually yeah. just added me on uh, MySpace. Oh wow! Did you crack her top eight, top five? I'm really hoping to get on her top eight. You know, I, yeah. I, I just I keep responding to her to her bulletin board posts. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, I've been commenting on her profile. So, well, I'll yeah. make sure I and hit her. Last on time eight. I saw that too, I hit a, a PC for PC comment on the on oh, her uh, pick for pick, yeah, huh? Her newest profile picture. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'll. I'll uh I'll slide into her DMs on AIM and uh, let her know that you're there you go you're trying you know yeah yeah exactly yeah. send her a fax <laughs> this next one by uh, one Hugh J one Hugh J what <laughs> as a story <laughs> it is lacking anyone can foresee the ending to this film which is based on a childlike story. But the directing, acting, and screenplay hooks you in through a very well-paced, entertaining fashion. The screenplay provides good dialogue with universally approved words of wisdom for the viewer, which makes the film commendable and recommendable. Stallone and Pilo Abic brings an acting presence and delivery that draws you into the film. Although the story is trash, everything else about the film was done right. Three out of five stars due to it being entertaining with some dialogue that teaches universally approved ethics. They actually gave it a 3.5 out of five, so something changed. Wow, they liked it. Yeah. They liked yeah. it. I actually thought mm-hmm. Pilu Aspect was not bad in this movie. Um, he was doing the most out of anybody, though. He was like in. Um, but did you see, actually, did you, it reminds me, did you notice the ADR line in this movie? No. They like clearly added some of his dialogue in in post because really? at one point he's like 
talking to Sam and his mouth isn't matching what he's saying. And then it cuts to behind him and he's still talking. He's clearly not moving though. It's, we, uh, should, it's uh, we should post that on the social. Yeah, I'll post a little clip of that for sure. My favorite part of this review is that he says the story is trash, but then says the screenplay um, is really good and hooks you in. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm confused there. We'll, we'll get there one huge. Because hey. he All says right, the story is trash, but three out of five stars because it's entertaining. Yeah, I'm not sure. The next one here by H. Um, I wanted to give a different perspective from the five stars or three and a half stars. So this this one here by H, pretty bland, lots of inconsistencies, and the kid should have died in that burning building. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, suffered severe smoke inhalation and burns. <laughs> it was actually worst because Stallone was the main character. One star. Oh, jeez. The kid should have been dead he should have died in that burning building or at least smoke for sure he was totally fine i also thought when he was gonna grab the pipe it was gonna be fucking hot as shit no dude that's not yeah but he just grabbed it yeah and there just happened to be a pipe for water right next to stallone right when he needed it yeah okay i thought he was also like because, you know, he said his heart explodes. I thought he would, like, blow up and he yeah, was going to, like, sacrifice himself for the kid or something. No, he just has a heart attack because he's old and he's doing too much. Yeah, he's just like, this- oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Stallone being like that. <laughs> you think at any point during that scene, people were legitimately worried if he was going to be okay? He's like, Lang. no, that would require him to be a good actor for that to happen. True. He wasn't really really selling it. Like, oh my God, Stallone, are you okay? I'm fine. Leave me alone. (laughs) Where's Apollo? Let's get to that last one. Um, ZC. (laughs) ZC writes, this is is a back-to-basics kind of superhero story. It doesn't try to be anything special, push any agendas, or try to wow with crazy special effects. It's just Stallone plan and i'm too old for this crap retired superhero that is trying to avoid trouble he does an amazing job at it too his acting may seem tired and unenthusiastic but for this role it's perfect if you like the action movies from the 90s and 2000s then this is the perfect watch okay half stars i like it i think that uh like it it makes sense. I mean, I think Stallone's acting of being tired and enthusiastic just is probably because he didn't want to be there and he's 76 years old and probably, probably he's is tired. Yeah. And this is, yeah, I mean, that's a couple like all scenes were probably play, cutting it, you know? Yeah. And they were cutting it close to nap time probably. So, yeah. I he think, can barely move. Well, we talked about why he's mostly plastic. I think uh, what inflated the audience reviews here were people's love for Sly. That, that was pretty much it. Yeah. It gave almost like a two-star boost to most of the rankings. Um, this movie was okay, but Sly was in it was usually what it looked like. I had no idea he was such a cultural phenomenon, to be honest. I didn't realize so Dude, many people yeah. loved this man. The other boost to this movie people was that Sly. it seemed um, like the Marvel haters came out to play um, in droves. 
to stamp their approval on this being a novel concept to hit superhero shelves. Um, so overall, I think uh, audiences found this to be entertaining, adequate excuse to turn off your brain and be an action movie. Yeah. What, I mean, what I, would you say your your final thoughts are? Oh, so should we get into the real ranking, my friend? Yeah, let's get into our real Part ranking here. Well, so John, what you got, man? honestly, I thought this movie is fine. Okay. So zero out of a hundred, zero <laughs> being, as we fine. decided, zero out of Batgirl, which uh, just yeah. is never going to be released in movie theaters. A hundred being, you know, the greatest movie of all time. How does Samaritan hit it? I'm going to give it like a 32, 32 out oh. of a hundred. Just because overall, I think Stallone is just trying to cash in on the MCU ness of like the cinema of the film industry right now, and like it's like superheroes are popular, right? So like, why shouldn't Stallone be in one too? And although he is in Guardians of the Galaxy, he doesn't lead that movie, you know. And I think that uh, it, it just felt like such a paint by numbers superhero movie that nothing in it actually stood out. The villain was pretty cliche. You know, pairing an old man with a kid has become pretty cliche. And although the kid is a good actor in this movie, his scene partner is still like a nearly catatonic Stallone. He's like a cardboard cutout in some of these scenes. He's like nearly 80 years old, dude. And honestly, I think it's time to throw in the towel, Rocky. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I would give this movie a 25. I think from start to finish, nothing really drew me in. And I had to watch this movie in parts. I could only watch maybe 20, 30 minutes at a time because I was just bored. I found myself not paying attention. Um, and the characters weren't enjoyable. It moved so slow. The plot was so Like I knew from the bat from the opening voiceover that Stallone was not going to be Samaritan, that he was going to be the other guy. It was so mm-hmm. just, it felt like a waste of time. And I think, what did you I think honestly, of that delivery when he goes, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, the only redeeming quality for this movie and why I gave it such a high score at 25 was that I think, honestly, that Stallone is smarter than we give him credit for. I think he created this movie wow. as, as a take on the world we live in today. Um, when you live your life as an extreme in either direction, Samaritan, not good or bad, just Samaritan or nemesis, good or bad, eventually, you know, in life, good or bad, eventually life goes bad. You know what I mean? Like, and so in order to, to truly be a hero in this world, a good Samaritan, you need to have a little nemesis in you. And honestly, Oof. not to brag, but I wrote that, that little thing before 
he said in the movie, there's good and bad in everyone's heart. And, and I think that just cemented it for me that he really, he knew what he was doing. He was writing this movie for the world in hopes that in hundreds of years, when we're all dead and the aliens come to salvage our planet and someone left their prime video logged in and the first movie that they watch is Samaritan, they'll know what we stood for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean, I, I, I agree with you though. Like he is smarter than we're giving him credit for. He wrote Rocky and Rocky is an objectively great movie. So I just think, you know, Sly, maybe you're past your prime, my guy, you know, maybe it's time to take that hammer and uh, just, just put it away, put it away for good. Nice. All right, but that's what we thought of The Samaritan. What did you guys think of The Samaritan? Let us know on our socials at EARCpod and be sure to catch all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. This was the end of our hot blockbuster summer, but something tells me there's a lot of big beefy bros in our future. Thank you to all of those that listen and be sure to reach out on our socials at EARCpod. I'm at Hoser Loser, at John B. Wolf. Uh, today we sided with the critics, but remember that at the end of the day, everyone's a real critic. Everyone, real critic, a real critic. <laughs>